0: Hey guys, before this episode starts, I want to talk about some pretty cool news. Okie Investigations now has its own website. It's truecrime.blog and it is a running blog for crime stories and for this show. So if you're a true crime buff and you want to see some cool things that we gathered while researching each show, including a timeline of events that we put together, uh, newspaper clippings, court documents, and much, much more. Come check us out at truecrime.blog. One, two, three, and... Hello, everyone, and welcome to Oki Investigations. My name is Trevor Shelby. In this episode, we're going to discuss the tragic 100-year-old unsolved murder of Benjamin Carroll Sargent. He served his country in World War I and made it home alive six hours after returning home he was murdered in cold blood in this episode we'll discuss what happened why and what's happened since but first if you're a first-time listener to experience this podcast to its finest hit that subscribe button so when we have new episodes you will be the first to know then head on over to our facebook page here we can discuss the case together and perhaps come with our own theories on the many cases that will be featured on this show. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash Okie Investigations. Now this episode is going to be a little shorter than our regular episodes. This story was one that remains a mystery. It took place over a hundred years ago, and is largely forgotten through time. I really feel like this story warrants its own episode, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Benjamin Carroll Sargent was happy to serve his country in the great war. He was a young man from Texas who spent part of his youth in the state of Oklahoma. There, he fell in love with a young woman in a little town called Hochatown. Her name was Marion Woods, and they quickly fell in love with one another. World War I broke out on July 28, 1914. America didn't enter the war until April 6, 1917. When given the opportunity to serve his country, Benjamin didn't waver. He wanted something, or better put, someone to come back to when the fighting was all said and done. So before leaving for Fort Sill in Oklahoma to enlist, he proposed to Marion. He promised that as soon as he were to get back from the war, they would get married, and she happily agreed. On August 19th, 1917, Benjamin made the trip to Fort Sill to receive his training. One of the things I did a little research on is how the United States came to train a military that had never dealt with warfare like this. The United States was not really totally prepared and had to decide on how best to train a soldier in the modern times. During his training, Benjamin became private sergeant. And in 1918, he was sent overseas to fight on the front lines in France. Later that same year, on October 15th, 1918, he was injured during battle. We did some digging into his records and found his veteran war record that lists his service during the Great War. It shows his injury as slightly injured, doesn't really specify what kind of injury it was, but this typically meant that he spent a little time away and then returned to battle. One of the things we do know is that he kept regular correspondence with Marion. They exchanged letters when they could. Despite the uncertainty of the overseas mail at the time, they always were able to stay in touch. When Benjamin was not writing Marion, he was talking about her. Many of his brothers-in-arms knew about the girl back home in Oklahoma and how he planned on getting married just as soon as he got home. The war ended in November 11th, 1918. Benjamin would stay overseas until he received the happy news that he was being shipped home on April 26, 1919. Just a few weeks later, he was honorably discharged on May 14, 1919. A few days later, when he was released from the army, Benjamin decided that the first place he would go is to see the love of his life. They met up and spent the rest of the day and evening together. They discussed their plans for one another and what their future together would be like. That evening, Benjamin was going home and decided he was going to walk to the place that he was staying at. It was not known if Benjamin knew he was being followed, but one thing is for sure, a gunshot rang out in the night and Benjamin Who survived the trenches of World War I died on American soil just six hours after being released from the army. The local police and County Sheriff DeWitt went to the little town of Hochatown to investigate what actually happened. Benjamin's body was found on the side of the road. Little to no attempt was made to hide it. It was likely that the assailant fired the shot and made a run for it. Many residents at the time would have probably looked out to see what happened, or, or they might have alerted authorities, so sticking around was not really an option. It turned out that there was another suitor who was madly in love with Marion Woods. William Bethel Kincaid, who went by the name of Bethel Kincaid, had just become a rejected suitor when Benjamin returned from war. Although they were working with little to no evidence, the sheriff believed that Bethel decided the best way to get Marion back was to eliminate the competition. When authorities interviewed his parents, they found out that Bethel was not home the night of the shooting. He was out with a friend that night. That friend was Alton Rush. Alton was interviewed and he admitted to being with Bethel that night, but admitted to nothing else. Not satisfied with the answers, they decided to arrest Bethel and charge him with the murder. They also arrested Alton as being an accessory to murder. The case against them was not particularly strong and almost purely circumstantial. The trial was short like a lot of murder trials of the day. The prosecution broke down the night's events, how the two accused were out in the same town on the same night with only each other as an alibi. The defense pointed out that there was no eyewitness to the crime. There was no one who saw the two accused as being in the area when it happened. They both gave their statements, they stuck to their stories, and no one could say that what they said was not true. The case was given to a jury, and they returned with a verdict an hour later, not guilty. Bethel's parents, who were in the courthouse, were overjoyed with this outcome. And in case you're wondering, Bethel didn't end up with Marion. He married a short time after this to someone else, and lived a pretty full and seemingly happy life. So my question to you is this. Who killed Benjamin? After the trial, there was no more looking into the case because they believed that Bethel and Alton got away with murder. They had their shot at convicting them for murder and decided to take a circumstantial case to trial, knowing that they only had one try at this. Let's take a step back and let's assume that Bethel and Alton were telling the truth and they had nothing to do with the murder. So who does that leave? Well, let's take a look at the town where this all happened when you look up hochetown on the map the place you're looking at is actually the second town with the name the original Hochatown is now under a couple hundred feet of water in broken bow lake but before this town was sent to the depths of the water it was known in its early history as somewhat of a boom town Logging had been the number one industry in the area, and Hochtetown was at the center of it all, and people from all over came to live there. During Prohibition, it was known as Oklahoma's moonshine capital, and in the 1920s, the number and level of crimes steadily went up. So, would some of these unsavory criminal types have something to do with Benjamin's demise? Perhaps while walking down the road, did he see something he wasn't supposed to? In my opinion, that would be hard to believe. The murder happened a year before Prohibition was even a thing, so we're a little too early to be worrying about moonshiners throughout the area. But anything is possible, right? Now personally, I am just not sure on this case one way or another. If I were to guess, I think the sheriff was on the right track. I just think it's unfortunate that they decided to take it to trial when they didn't have sufficient evidence to get a conviction. But let me know what you guys think what happened to Benjamin. Was he murdered by a rival? Did he see something he wasn't supposed to? Or do you have your own theory? Comment down below or join us on Facebook to discuss the case further. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash Oki Investigations. I'd like to thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. This one was a whole lot of fun to research. And you know what's kind of funny is the amount of research that I did on this one was probably a little bit more than I do on the longer episodes Uh, This one was a lot of fun because we got to search through war records and uh, really get our hands kind of deep in it, you know. When you take a case like this that has very little to no information about it still existing, it's really rewarding to do those deep searches and find something that gives you just a little bit more information about the case. It's really sad what happened to this young man, and he was a true American hero. I think it's sad that pretty much since this trial ended, his case has been forgotten. We will honor Benjamin by remembering his sacrifice. And on his tombstone is a picture of Benjamin. Inscribed on the tombstone is, The picture may dim, but the memory is ever bright. And I hope this story carries on with Benjamin's memory. All right, guys, join me next week as we tell another story about Oklahoma's dark side. I will see you guys then. See ya.